welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Summary. Adam, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you, James. How are you? I'm very well. End of summer has approached us. How's your summer been? How's your end of summer going? Yeah, no, it's been it's been good. We've actually, I'm I'm based up in Edinburgh, Scotland, and we've actually had a really nice, really nice, uh, really, really nice summer, and uh, got got some time to to leave. I went to the states for for a family wedding oh, back, nice. back back in August, so that was uh, that was nice to kind of leave the United Kingdom for a little bit and just get a different perspective on things after after everything we've been through with COVID. So first time abroad, so it was nice and. Uh, even the flying bit was okay, so nice. uh, you know, touch wood, everything went everything went to plan. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, but ready to go for the last part of the year, and uh, yeah, we've got some exciting things planned at, at, at Flow. So it's a really exciting time for us as a business. So yeah, super, super fired up to go. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, you certainly do. You got loads going on, and yeah, looking forward to getting into it with you. But um, obviously, you and I know each other relatively well. But I guess for the benefit of our listeners, mate, why don't you tell us your story? Sure. My journey to this point, I suppose, I've had a bit of a. a a varied uh, career um, compared to maybe to maybe some. Um, I started off my uh, working life as a as a corporate lawyer, uh, working for an international uh, law firm, uh, doing you know sort of M and A deals and uh, general corporate corporate law work. Um, so some people call me a, a recovering lawyer because I don't think <laughs> that ever quite leaves you. But it was a it was a great foundation for for me, and I, I you know I enjoyed my time in in in, in that industry. I think gave me a certain perspective on how to run companies and and the pitfalls that you can you can make when you're growing and and and, and scaling a business. But it, what was clear to me was that rather than advising uh, a business on how to do things, I wanted to actually be the person that was that was making decisions and and and, and growing a business. So. I was fortunate enough to be accepted on to uh, what we call Saltire Foundation Fellowship Program. It's part of Entrepreneurial Scotland. It's an executive MBA program out in the US based in a college called Babson College. Um, and I spent some time there uh, along with other uh, so-called future leaders of, of, of Scotland. And the idea is we take these talented people, put them into the uh, American ecosystem, learn about scaling and growing companies, and then bring that back uh, to, to Scotland. And that's quite an important part of my an inflection point in, in, in my personal journey because, and we'll get into it in more detail, but that was when I met uh, the founder of, of Flow, Nadine Sarwar, and really my story and my my integration within health tech and, and, and general healthcare with hindsight started at, at, at that point. However, once I'd finished the program, I, I actually ended up going down a different route initially, which was to help launch a, a startup gin, uh, vodka and whiskey business back um, in, in Scotland. Uh, unsurprisingly, one of our, our big uh, <laughs> categories of, of, uh, of business uh, over here, and that's a company called uh, Arbiki Highland Estate. And I loved what they were doing. And what they were doing was they were creating a new way of what we call field to bottle. So everything grown on the farm all the way through to the distillery to then produce the project. So completely traceable all the way back back, back to the field. And I love that innovation. I love that the disruptive nature of that of, of, of that business and the ability to control everything all on on one site. So I helped grow that business and I was there for, for, for three or four years, uh, growing that across the UK and then uh, international exporting um, as well. 
focusing on commercial marketing, sales, and um, that that element of it. So very different from uh, legal days. But really, it was during that process, and and I became during my time at Babson and and doing Saltire. Obviously, I became friends with Nadine, and, and we kept in touch over over that period of time. And really, it was one day on um, WhatsApp, he messaged me and and said. Um, do you know anybody who would be a, a, a good chief commercial officer? Um, and I sort of somewhat tongue-in-cheek responded, yeah, what about me? Um, and he said, well, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that, that, I was hoping you were going to say that, so let, let's have a chat. And really that's, that, that's, how, I, that, that's how I got into, in, in, into flow. Um, and it really just 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 came from from there, and uh, yeah, so a little bit of a varied career, but um, mm. you know, different um, different experiences along the way. But I think the the general skills I learned on each stage has helped me to this point now uh, to mm. to work in the industry that that, that I'm currently um, working in, because a lot of fundamentals are, are are the same in terms of how you run that operation and, and the business. Yeah, so I'm curious, lawyer to entrepreneur we, we see so often and you'll know this in health tech now right like clinician to entrepreneur seems like a relatively mm. well-trodden path and getting getting more so not relatively well trodden sure. yet i guess but it, it's becoming more of a trodden path lawyer to entrepreneur how common is that it seems like a an ideal skill set that you talked about perspectives on running and scaling companies um saving on legal fees and shareholders agreements <laughs> you know your way around those relatively yeah. early there's a lot of that early bit that actually can probably keep your spend down um yeah is that is that yeah. a well-trodden path do you know do you know many others i think it's probably a bit of an oxymoron people have a view of certain <laughs> views of lawyers and then uh the, you know then then you know, they have the reality of it i think um for me um, the the skills you learn as a lawyer, the ability to analyze situations, ability to consume a, a, a information, mm. learn quickly, understand each side of the of the argument, where the the pitfalls may be in a in a process. Those analytical skills are incredibly important when you're in a startup business because when you're a startup, you know everything is blue sky thinking is <laughs> going to be amazing. But actually, being able to look at a situation and go, okay, it may go this way, it may go that way. How do we react to that? Um, those skills, I think, are, are are very important. But I'm probably not one of your typical lawyers. And I think if you spoke to any of my my friends who who are still lawyers, they would probably agree <laughs> with that. In fact, I remember when I when I got hired at uh, the law firm that I uh, worked for, uh, the senior partner at the time uh, said to me one night at a drinks event, well into my uh, uh, traineeship, he said, "Adam." Um, you're the wildcard trainee. You're either going to be <laughs> the future CEO of this firm or an absolute disaster. We don't know which one yet. <laughs> and, I, and I may well be the disaster. I don't know yet. But I, left, I probably left early enough to avoid that either way. <laughs> so, no, it, it's, it's maybe not as well-trodden path. I think sometimes you can, a bit like maybe being a clinician, you can... Um, you can end up being locked into a certain lifestyle mm. um, and everything else from from there. Um, so I think for me, you know, I left, I left early enough, I think, to have that opportunity. But what was really important in that process was the ability to go away, learn other ways of doing things in the States, um, getting that opportunity to study at Babson College, which is one of the top universities in the world for entrepreneurialism, really changed my perspective. I was in a classroom with people who ex-bankers, ex-entrepreneurs, doctors, uh, ex-professional golfers, officers wow. in the army. Wow. You had this such a wide collection wow. of insights and perspectives that I just never experienced before. You know, I was in my early, yeah. I was in my late late twenties at the time, 
and I was by far the youngest person on that cohort, but you live and breathe that with them. And, th and that was really a fundamental inflection point uh, in my life. And, you know, during that time, you know, we can get into it when we start about mm. talking about flow, but, you know, uh, Nadim and I met the founders of, of PillPack, which was one of the inspirations for, mm. for what turned out to be, to, to, to be flow. I also got, you know, things like, for example, we had one lecturer at Babson who, um, and I, full disclosure i'm a massive football fan and, and the the lecturer at the time was the ex uh, head of the family sports group who bought liverpool so Very our cool. classes were this is how we bought liverpool wow. and that was quite cool for me just because it's interesting but also they're the types of people you had uh, uh, interaction with so i think that really helped encourage me to make that to make that jump but i still spent a long time people still thought i was a lawyer hmm. you know and that was a hard thing to shift and i think sometimes I'd imagine clinicians who have spent maybe 10, 15, 20 years trying to be a lawyer, or sorry, trying to being a clinician and then going into yeah, yeah, yeah. To business and starting a health tech, they're still seen as a doctor, maybe not seen as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point about identity because you've mentioned the word perspectives a couple of times as well. It's clearly something that, that's that's clearly something that, that I don't want to say plays in your mind, but is, is, is important to you and, and seems to have been important in that shift from law to entrepreneurship and business more broadly is that it sounds like that was a that was a big deal for you changing that perspective and changing that identity and it sounds like mm. this program in the US was really mm. key to that I think you know being a Liverpool fan and having the Fenway so. group present to you about how they bought a football club mm. it's impossible not to be completely engaged even if you have the mm. the most basic of uh affinities towards business and yeah, you know, I, I mean, I should say I'm not. I'm not actually a Liverpool. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm a, I'm oh, a fair I'm sports a fan. fan. Oh, but, uh, fair. <laughs> but, fair. I do, but I do. But I do. But I do. But I do. You know, those types of things are such a massive part of your perspective on things, and it's such a big thing in business to have that real mm. life exposure to to these things. Yeah, and, definitely. And I think it's difficult because I think you know whether you're a you know both law and uh, the medical profession are probably the two of the most you know ancient professions that that, that there are. And it very much becomes part of your who you are as a person, right? So, you know, a lot of my friends who are lawyers, they are lawyers, right? And if you meet a lawyer in 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 the wild, they'll probably tell you that they're a lawyer <laughs> pretty quickly. Much like how a doctor will tell you that they're Absolutely. a doctor, you know. Um, and and that's very much then becomes an intent. So then to move away from that, that's a that's difficult. That that can be difficult. And you definitely, I definitely had some some low points as well as as well as high points during that process, but. But I think what that does is it really gives you that motivation to prove people wrong. You come with a different perspective on things compared to other people. You don't have all the answers, but if you surround yourself with enough diverse opinion between you, you will get to the answer. Um, so it's key for any business not to just hire from the same pool of talent. So I see it all the time with large corporations. And it was a big thing in law. I remember... The law firm that I, you know, one of the law firms that I worked for pretty much only recruited from a handful of universities. Mm -hmm. But if you're continually only recruiting from those handful of universities, guess what? You'll repeat the results of, of, of the previous generation, mm -hmm. generation before that, mm -hmm. generation before that. Health tech, you can't really, I, I don't think in business you can do that because we now live in a, in a, in a society where it's so diverse, different viewpoints, different opinions, different journeys to that point. And when it comes to healthcare, you do, I look at, at flow and you know our youngest patient is is two and our oldest patient is 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 91 mm -hmm. so the perspectives on that are completely different and you need to have a team and you need to create 
a company of people that bring that different perspective to it. And, and I think that's one thing that with this varied career that I've had has given me a different perspective on things. Um, and I'll be honest, when I joined Flow, I didn't know what an electronic prescription service was. I'll be, you know, quite frank. Mm. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of buzzwords to mm. learn. Um, any tech company you join, there's buzzwords. You put in healthcare on top of that, it's like the the holy grail of buzzwords. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I had to learn very, very quickly. Mm. But everything leading up to that allowed me to do. Yeah, and you know what? You've mentioned there. You know, the youngest to the oldest, ninety one, having to build a company of people that can serve and create and give and give back all of those perspectives you, you talked about variety it's it's interesting this you, you've basically just explained practically what the value of diversity is in at least part and i think that's kind mm. of important to flag here for me because i think diversity is one of those things that gets thrown around and almost i don't want to say a tick box but often kind of like a tick box like oh yeah we tick the diversity but we do mm. that for diversity we do that for diversity you've not mentioned that word but actually you've talked about those values being very close to you because it actually has mm. practical advantages to your business because you cannot run a company mm. was it someone said to me a while back you, you you cannot run a company that serves a population if the people within the company are nothing like that population it is it is almost impossible you you cannot do that oh, and, and that's just what what you talked about right it's clearly it's clearly part of part of like the dna of you and, and what you guys are building which is awesome so with that in mind let's talk let's talk about flow let's talk to me about you know you come in you don't know what an electronic prescription is you've got to you've <laughs> got to go you've got to go on this journey you know a heck of a lot about commercials and how to run a business but you've got to go on that journey how do you skill up and let's talk about this from a couple of perspectives there'll be people that are coming in at a relatively senior level to organizations in health tech um Mm. a few got mm -hmm. in touch this week actually about you know what would you recommend i've come in at c-suite level and you know how do, how do i skill up mm. in various bits and bobs but similarly there'll be people looking to jump sector earlier on in their career and things like that talk to me about that learning journey learning curve of health mm. tech um what was that yeah. like for you and what would you advise people i think you need to have an inquisitive mind i think and you have to be open to the fact that you don't know the answers and therefore you need to ask the right questions to get to get the information that you need and that's a really important skill when you're in C-suite is do you have the ability to ask not any questions, but the right questions and then understand what that answer actually means? Because on the surface, it may mean one thing, but actually when you drill down to it, it could mean a completely different thing. So I think having that, I guess, humility a little bit, you know, um, I, I come from um, a situation where I had been, you know, relatively successful in my in my previous job i'd grown a business to, to a significant scale i was starting to gain a rep, develop a reputation within the industry etc um and then i was basically coming in as the as 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 the, as the trainee or, or the work experience intern right? you like being the wild card don't you yeah yeah well it's, maybe it's part, part of the dna I don't know, <laughs> but, um what i find interesting is just learning right i have an appetite to learn you know i love mm. to read things i'm, I'm a I like to consume as much knowledge as I as I, as I possibly can from the most varied of sources I possibly mm. can because it's just been it's always just something that keeps my 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 brain fit right um, and I think when you're going into health tech, you've just got to take your time and understand that it's not about going in there with you know bulldozing your way through and going no this is all nonsense I'm going to change it all because that's not going to really get you results. What's going to get you results is really understanding what the business is, what's the vision. 
what is the problem that they're trying to achieve? And if you haven't identified that problem or the company hasn't identified that problem, then go and identify that problem. Because if you're not solving a real life problem that genuinely will, will make healthcare better or make patient outcomes better, then the company's not going anywhere anywhere. So you might as well take a pause right there and then and go, okay, what are we actually doing? Interesting. So I think for me, it's all about being inquisitive, asking questions, understanding things and learning. So for me, it was constantly about talking to people in our team, learning from our, uh, you know, our talented pharmacy team, learning from our engineers uh, and our product owners about, okay. And this was when I joined Floor, I mean, we were only four or five people, so it was mm-hmm. a very small cohort. But then it's about reading. It's going, you know, I, I find Twitter a great resource for these types of things mm-hmm. because you can, you know, people will, will put articles out there. You can learn, you can understand things. Um and just take it from there and don't be afraid to, if someone says an acronym, which we all like that in healthcare and particularly in tech as well, just ask what it is. If you don't know what EPS is, you better say, well, if you don't know what CCT is, ask what CCT is. <laughs> Harder at C-suite, I guess that, but your point about the humility, I think I think there's, there's probably a point there about self-awareness and confidence as well. You've clearly been hired for a reason and actually know what that reason is and actually just ask your way around the rest mm. and, and don't be afraid to put in the hard yards and do the hours of work on your own behind the scenes to actually, you yeah. know, um, not make it completely other people's problem to educate you. I think what you're talking about there, that mm. inquisitive nature, that desire, that thirst for knowledge, mm. clearly is what's going to get you uh, most of the way there if you are trying to move into health tech. No, it's good, man. I was just interested because um, I get the question a lot. Um, a lot of people do ask yeah. and there's no, I don't think there is a, a single answer. Oh, listen to this podcast, read this newsletter, do this. It's, it, there's so much, no. there's so much stuff. But yeah, you, again, back to perspective, it's about mindset as well, isn't it, clearly, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. And, and also then just putting your, you know, with Flow, for example, you know, our, the first situation of the business was was dealing directly with, with, with patients. So we weren't, you know, mm. selling anything into the NHS or, or, you know, selling into a private company, a kind of a platform or software. We were literally doing something for, in, for patients and individuals. We've all been to a pharmacy. I've been to a pharmacy. I know the, the good bits about going to a pharmacy and I know the bad bits about going to a pharmacy. So so really, you know, when I'm looking at problems and when we look at flow, we do this a lot. We go, okay, we're all patients. And we will all be patients at some point. So what experience would we want if we were using this service? And that's always our starting point. Um, you know, and, and from there, if you put that as your mindset, you can start then building. And you don't need to know, like... I don't need to be an expert in pharmacy to know that I don't want to wait three days for my prescription. <laughs> I know that I, I don't need to be a pharmacist yes. to know that I want, if I go to a pharmacy, I want to know they have stock and I want to know the price of that medication up front. These things are just basic, almost consumer-like problems in, in, in some ways. And, and you, so you don't need to overcomplicate it. Just boil it down to that mm. simple journey. What is this easiest path and what's going to create the most value to the ecosystem or to the end user, be that a clinician, be that a pharmacist, be that the end user patient. And if you can approach it like that, regardless of where you work in health tech or in business generally, that's always a good starting point for me. What's the easiest path? How would you as a consumer want to be treated? What are the pain points that are currently existing and how can we solve those pain points? And if you can do that, I think you're on to a good starting point. And then you need a bit of luck along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Luck and hard work, the classic formula. Cool, man. Let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's talk about flow. Let's talk about flow turning into flow connect and all, all of the things that uh, are mm-hmm. along, along that journey. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting story because it, it, going back to 
how I got onto this journey, you know, the, the, the journey that is now Flow started back at Babson College in, in, in Boston with uh, Nadim Sawa, who's the founder and, and CEO of, of, of Flow. Um, Nadim is a, is, a, is a diabetic and his previous career before going into uh, pharmacy was in, was, in, was in banking and he'd also done a lot of relationships around pharmacy funding in, in, in that role um, in his career. But one of the things he struggled with was very busy lifestyle and going to the pharmacy during lunchtime wasn't really an option and pharmacies closing at five o'clock weren't really ideal for him either. So it turned into this thing where actually managing his medication and consistency of treatment for him was becoming a challenge. Um, and when we were in Babson, we went to a design thinking company called, it's called Ideo. They're a really, really fascinating uh, company and I would recommend anyone to check them out. Um, when we talk about diversity, that's where I got a lot of my inspiration for because they design products. They design um, whether that's physical products or, or software products. And they'll have a team where they'll have an 85-year-old retired teacher and a doctor and a lawyer and a product designer and an engineer. They'll work as a scrum and go, okay, how do we now you know, create this new, new product or, or whatever? And during that process, we ended up actually coming across this business called PillPack, which was relatively early at that point in the US, but what they did was they had great technology, great design and solving a problem that, that the patient had. And this was this idea of splitting all the medications into morning, afternoon, into little packs, sending all out in a nice box on a monthly basis to patients in, in the US. And that was really a light bulb moment for, for Nadim because he thought, wow, there's nothing really like that in the UK. Maybe we should do this back in Scotland or back, back in the UK. So the dean came back to the UK and he was like, right, I'm going to do the version of PillPack in the UK. And like any good entrepreneur and, and like any good business owner, uh, before we jumped into that, we ended up talking to potential patients because one of the challenges was, and, and if you look at it holistically, one of the issues or one of the challenges with going to a bricks and mortar pharmacy is those pharmacies don't know who's coming in that day, really, generally. So people go in. They have limited time to do it because it's maybe at lunchtime, it's maybe post-work, it's maybe a Saturday morning. They don't really want to wait in queues anymore. And if you come at the wrong point in the day and you miss that delivery, then you could be waiting another couple of days. And, and the process can go on and on and on and on. So people don't, don't necessarily like that process. But then at the same time, the penetration of online pharmacy in the UK is, was relatively low. So if people don't like the historical model, but they're also not really migrating to the new model, What's the problem here? So there's something that isn't quite working out. So we discovered with talking to patients, that actually people didn't like going to the pharmacy per se and standing in a queue and, and, and waiting for that and all the disruption that that can potentially cause. But they also didn't like a traditional mail order pharmacy <laughs> where you it takes three or four days to get medication or it's unreliable because the raw mail or whoever you're using courier partners you know with the best will in the world packages go missing right that's okay potentially if it's a pair of trainers but if it's your insulin you can imagine the anxiety level mm. so better the devil you know than the devil you don't in some respects we discovered that quite quickly so we pivoted the business because we you know the dean, the dean thought right well i can't really do pill pack mark two here because that's not what the patient wants and it's not solving the problem. So going back to what we said earlier, what's the problem you're actually solving? Because if you just done PillPack Mark II, we would be no different from every other online pharmacy um, in, in, in this country. And we wouldn't be solving the problem around anxiety of getting medication in the post. And we wouldn't be able to fulfill acute prescriptions, which is still a massive part 
of the prescription mix in the UK. If you can't do acute prescriptions, people just go to a bricks and mortar pharmacy because that's the only place they can go to. So we decided, and, and as part of this journey, was actually Flow's going to go completely opposite. And we're, the only, we're still the only pharmacy in the UK doing this, where we have a decentralized pharmacy approach. So we have city hubs, in a, in a pharmacy hubs in every city we want to operate in. So we have pharmacies in, 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 in London and Birmingham, and, and we'll, we'll roll those out into other cities in the UK. Proximity to the patient. So it allows us to deliver medication within a couple of hours. Patients can pick a time slot that they want. They can track that much like you can track your delivery order all the way from uh, pit pack dispensing out to the driver, tracking the live map all the way to your uh, chosen address. doesn't need to be your home address. It can be your work address. You might be working at WeWork for a couple of hours and you want it there. You might be at Pret-a-Manger and you decide that actually I just get delivered there because I'm going to be here for the next three hours. That flexibility and optionality uh, to, to the patient was something we went with. And we thought, actually, that now solves this problem because we're giving the flexibility to the patient so they can book a time slot that suits them, not what suits the pharmacy. Um, we are addressing the issue of mail order because the courier delivery is an, is an individual driver on a bike or in a car. And, 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 and ultimately, we're giving them a technology solution so they don't necessarily need to go to a bricks and mortar uh, pharmacy anymore. So that was really the genesis of the business. And, and it really came from Nadim looking at his own personal experience going, I'm struggling getting my prescription. So other people must be struggling there to get their prescription. How can we make that easier and more accessible to, to our patient base? And that was really the genesis of Flow. Um, and, you know, we've, we've been able to, to use that as, as the kind of starting point. So that's really where, where Flow came from. Uh, we launched a uh, soft launch very end of 2019. Um, but I would say our proper launch was beginning of 2020. And the world changed quite significantly mm -hmm. <laughs> so after the first couple of months of, of, of 2020. So really, that was probably a big inflection point again in, 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 in Flo's journey. But, but that's really the, the, the genesis of it is going rapid delivery to patients that's, that's reliable, um, that is user friendly, that is accessible to people that they can then manage their healthcare in a way that suits them. Now, that's our USP. That's what we do. That's our bread and butter. But we also have a mail order business because you have to. The NHS requires you to, as a distance selling pharmacy, and that's the technical term for an online pharmacy, to fulfill any medication request from any patient base in England. So as much as I would love to, it doesn't make any sense to have a pharmacy hub, let's say, in Padstow and Cornwall, because there really isn't enough people to make that, that work. But what I can do is I can do a really nice mail order experience. But what we how we address that and different from other companies is we look at the user journey, we make sure they have the ability to talk to pharmacists, our patient care team. But we still have the challenges like everyone else. As soon as that package goes to Royal Mail, you're relying on Royal Mail or DPD or whoever to do their job. And most of the time it works, but, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, so really for us, the same day method and, 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 and that approach is really the way to, to fundamentally disrupt uh, an industry that really hasn't been disrupted in 300 years it's very interesting i've i've written the word bold because it sounded quite bold you know going like we can just build this tried and tested pill pack market like there's but what you chose to do was i mean and this is where it's not actually bold in the slightest it's actually the opposite you choose to listen to the customer and decide what the problems actually are and do a heck of a lot of what just sounds like market research to figure out what do we actually need to build here 
And then you go and build that with the flexibility and the optionality that actually gets it product market fit relatively quickly. And then you go through a, a pandemic yeah. and then that really becomes obvious that you've got product market fit and things like that. Yeah. One thing that you just mentioned there, though, before um, we go on to the next phase of what you guys are up to, you mentioned very quickly there that you have a patient care team that people can call. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. interesting to me because this goes from being a very techy tech solution get it on the app get email like it comes in the post if you just mm-hmm. mess around with blar in tech to like actually this is now a proper service that has humans and as a consumer yeah. in that service i know i can speak to a human now that's going to affect the unit economics of what you do relatively significantly on the cost line sure. But it also might significantly affect what you do on the revenue line because actually the people feel an affinity to this, want it, reuse it, become repeat customers, et cetera. Talk to me about the patient care team because this is interesting to me from a business perspective. And, you know, you've grown big businesses and how how you actually do this at scale. And, and, you know, do you have to convince the board that, okay, we're not going to go pure tech. We're going to throw some humans in. And I know what that's going to look like on the P&L. But talk to me about the patient care team. Well, look, this really comes from, and Nadine really set the, the tone from this at the at the very beginning, and, and we identified the three pillars of, of flow. I'd go as far as saying this is the three pillars of any healthcare mm. business, but we have three pillars of flow. Great patient care, great engineering, great design. And you need all three to be a successful healthcare business. So you could have the, the, the most efficient, amazing app ever, ever produced from a technical perspective using the most advanced tech you've ever seen. You could have the most beautiful, designed, easy, accessible app ever. See if you forget about the fact that at the end of the day, we're dealing with people's health and it's humans, and you forget that, the whole thing falls down. You can have great patient care and amazing pharmacy team, and you can have great engineers. See if no one can use your app, guess what? Your business is going to fail, and and, and so on and so forth. If you don't have one of those factors, it, it can fall down. But the North Star of Flow, and it always has been the case ever since day one for us, is great patient care. That's our North Star. So I look at, okay, every, every day we have, a, we have a Slack channel with all of our trust pilot reviews and app reviews, mm-hmm. and they all come through to the entire business, and everyone sees it. Because that is a marker for me about, okay, how well are we actually doing here? And how are we actually solving a problem and making people's lives? Are we achieving our vision of making healthcare more accessible and making it easier to manage your medication? Because if we're not doing that, why, why are we here? And, and, and for me, the patient care team is fundamental to that. Because, and a lot of businesses sometimes forget this, is that they focus on the tech and they focus on the engineering, but they actually forget that at the end of the day, it's people's healthcare. And sometimes, sometimes, People just want some reassurance and they just want to speak to somebody. And if you're trying to pivot an entire cohort of people from an old way of doing things. So if you think about the way we learn soft skills in life, right? I remember when I was younger, you know, going to the bank with mom and dad and they would do all their bills and all that kind of stuff and going to the pharmacy and standing there and doing all of that stuff. And you don't realize it at the time, but you're learning how to kind of just deal with that life admin, right? That, that whole thing that you always have to do. But there's nothing for that for online pharmacy and particularly not what we're doing. So there is no reference point for people. So when you're trying to persuade people to completely change their lives and the way they've done things previously, 
there's always a level of anxiety around that. You know, I think where pharma, online pharmacy is is probably where online banking was in the noughties, in the early oughts, where people were like, oh, I, why would I use an on? I don't want to use an online banking. I, I couldn't do that. that. You know, security, blah, 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 blah. No one did it. When was the last time you went to a bank? Mm, quite, yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember the last time I walked into a bank branch. And But that took time and it took persuasion and everything else. So we decided, okay, we can't compete with the incumbents of the pharmacy market, some really big players, multi-billion dollar international companies. We can't compete with them on a pound for pound basis. But what can we compete with them? We can provide the best patient care because that's within our control. That's not about money, spending money on marketing. Yeah, you've got you to hire the team. But, you know, for the, in the early days, it was myself and the Nadeem and the whole team were answering questions. We weren't caring about the fact that it, I'm the CCO or Nadeem's mm. the CEO or whoever. There's a problem, let's solve it. And actually that then creates a baseline and it creates a culture. So everyone who comes into that, into our business, understands that the most important thing in this company is great patient care. Because at the end of the day, you can have the best marketing campaigns. And, and, and we do all of that in the mm. consumer uh, area of things. And we acquire patients and do all of that. But actually, the real genesis of a business and growing that is referrals. You know, so what we see is we might attack one person from the family unit to join Flow. They have a great experience. Well, guess what? Their husband, their wife, their partner, they also have a prescription. Oh, and they've just had a baby who also needs a prescription. So they start bringing in those family units and they start speaking to their grandparents and go, well, why are you going to the pharmacy? You should use Flow. And in fact, I can set the account up for you and do it on your behalf. And that, that, that's how you organically grow a business. It takes time. But that's how you ensure the longevity of your business, by ensuring that that great patient experience. And we have a thing called, we, have a, we use an internal metric. It's quite techy, but it's called net promoter score. So yeah. it's this idea that people rate you from zero to 10 and anything eight, nine, or 10 is a, is a positive, And that's what, what gets you through. And we did our last quarterly and our last net promoter score was plus 80, which is world-class. I mean, unbelievable for, for, for us and but that's all testament to going back to who we hire in the business the patient care team are fundamental to that because they're one of the few touch points of humans apart from our courier drivers who are the only actually physical touch point and they're just as important as the patient care team but the patient care team are dedicated to what they do we don't make it difficult for the patient to contact us so if you want to you want to email us you can email us you want to speak on live chat we can speak on live chat. You want to phone someone? We can do that too. Because again, going back to the problems and challenges of the bricks and mortar pharmacies, if you go into a brick and mortar pharmacy and it's a busy time and you know the pharmacist is in the back pick, doing all the medications and making doing all the clinical checks, you actually don't get that much of an opportunity to speak to a pharmacist. You end up probably, if you go to one of the multi multiples, you're probably speaking to a, a cashier or, or maybe a dispenser. And the same goes for a, an independent uh, pharmacy as well. We actually always have a pharmacist on call. If somebody genuinely needs to speak to a pharmacist because there's a clinical healthcare issue or whatever, then we make sure that they have the optionality to do that. Now, the challenge for us moving forward is how do we do that at scale? Because at the moment, we're still at a size where it's manageable. But how do you do that at scale? But I don't think that's a challenge that we'll, we'll take on and we'll look at it and we'll make sure because at the end of the day, that's our North Star. Uh, you can't get that wrong. And if you could do that and people 
really you know I love seeing it you know we, we have we have a we have a great patient care team and, and and these patients know these people and you see it on the trust pilot reviews you know Prab did a great job or Carrie Ann was great or Gemma was fantastic whoever you know and, and I love seeing that because that's that humanizing it. Mm. it's going yeah use the tech to do what you need to do but sometimes a five-minute phone call is all you need to solve a problem and you have that patient for life because it's a bit like a banking relationship. And this is where Nadim's experience in banking it becomes quite interesting because banking relationships traditionally were all about, you know, at B2B level, it was all about long-term relationships. So once you win a customer, you should keep them for a long period of time, as long as you don't mess it up. It's the same with flow. If I have a if I have a 21-year-old patient that we acquire today, assuming that they need a prescription for the rest of their life, which a lot of them do, you know, they're asthmatic, they're diabetic, whatever. I should hopefully keep them for 50, 60 years if they stay in the UK. So you have to have that long-term view and go, no, no, this, this sets the foundation for us to grow as a business. And, and really, it goes back to everything that started with Flow is what's the problem you're trying to achieve and what are the issues? So a lot of online pharmacies make it almost impossible for you to speak to somebody. They have to, under GPC regulations, give you a phone number. But I'll tell you what, go on some of their websites and try and find that phone mm-hmm. number. It's difficult. We do. We we've taken the opposite approach, and I think that's going to hit barefoot for us in the long run. But the patient care team are fundamental to what we do, and and I've got a lot of respect for them because they do such an incredible job at reassuring our patients, walking them through the processes. Some of the reasons why we have such an older patient demographic, you know, over a third of our patients are are are, are fifty and above. The reason why we have those patient groups is because you can speak to somebody. And maybe they do need a little walkthrough in the product because they're 78 years old and they've never really used an app before. But they want to use an app because they want to be independent, but they don't necessarily want to walk to a pharmacy. Or maybe their pharmacy is just shut down and there isn't a pharmacy for half an hour uh, drive away and they don't have a car. So flows a lifeline to them, but you have to empower them to be able to use the platform, show them how to do it. And hopefully we do that through good design and we should be doing that through great design that sometimes you just need to speak to somebody on the phone for five minutes. And as long as I'm at flow, that will be our, that will be our North star. Yeah. And I think that that is a hell of an answer. And I think that will give a lot of people a lot of value, particularly entrepreneurs or people thinking about starting businesses or in those early throws. I think baking those values into what you do and then living them is you're a very good example of that. And I think I, I found the common thread here that links your story with what you've just talked about in how you're building flow and how you build businesses, because you talked about perspectives a lot at the start. We talked about identity. And actually, when you think about those things in a company, that's really values. And you you set values. But in this company flow, you've actually engineered the whole company to execute on those values constantly. And you mentioned a really small point here, right? That you've just integrated Slack with your trust pilot reviews and your app reviews and all that sort of stuff. That might seem like a, a small thing. However, when you've got values around three things that should be great, you've actually just engineered a feedback mechanism to everybody in the company there. And so they can all see if you are executing on those values. And you as a leader, 
then don't have to be micromanaging to ensure that those values are met. You've said, here's what's important. Here's what we stand for. And there's a feedback mechanism for you guys to see it yourselves. You know, that's, it's an interesting, it's good, it's good leadership for me that, and also the way that your passion, it's impossible to not sense your passion there. You mean that, and that comes across in the way that you've set things up. You're not just saying these things. These things are set. These coordinates are set. You said it. The North Star is set because you have a fundamental belief that having these values gets you to being the best company. And we haven't talked about money. We haven't talked about exits. We haven't talked about user growth. We've just said that that's what gets you to being the best company and the best for patients, which again, links all the values. It's super interesting, man. Like it's, it's good. I like... I, I like hearing about good leadership. It, it inspires me to hear about good leadership. And I think that's a really good example of it, about setting those values and engineering processes that allow everybody to live up to those. But what's interesting, and one thing we've done, we've been very lucky at Flow, is that everybody in the business is the owner of that. It's not Nadine, it's not me, it's not the exec yes. team, it's not the board. Everybody in the business plays their role and they all understand and the one thing I think unites our entire team is a passion for delivering a great service mm. and, 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 and a passion for healthcare and, and improving healthcare outcomes. We have a very diverse team, very young team in some respects and an old team in some respects, <laughs> but the diversity of that is there. But one thing that unites us all, and we're all champions to do it, I don't have to, I don't have to remind the team about what we need to do. But if there's a bad review comes through or we haven't done something wrong, we'll jump on that as a team to, 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 to solve that. And, and one of the ways we do it, and this is a, a tech thing, but we've taken it into our, our, our wider business, is we work on a team of teams basis. So, you know, I might be doing something, um, we might be doing, I don't know, for example, we might be looking at a new feature on, on the platform for our patients. Well, we will have somebody from the pharmacy team, We'll have somebody from the patient care team. We'll have a UI, our UI UX researcher will feed into that. Our CFO might feed into that because there might be some financial and operational things that we need to be concerned about, maybe some legal stuff, whoever. The engineers are all part of that. That then is a team. And they're responsible to deliver that feature, that product, whatever it may be. But it means that there aren't any silos in our business. Mm. So again, going back to our Slack channels, everything's open. People can go in. And what's going on in the pharmacy team today? Right, I can have a look. If you want, you might not want to. Sometimes I don't because there's too many Slack notifications. <laughs> but the, the, the fact is, it's not about head office saying X, and then the pharmacy having mm. to implement it on, on the shop floor, so to speak. It's a collaborative effort to go, well, actually, you speak to the patients every single day. So you tell us what we need to do, mm. not the other way around. And that, and I think we've been very fortunate with the with the people that we've hired who are who have really kind of owned that and actually now set the tone. So anybody who comes into Flow, you know, sometimes you know I've not met a lot of them in person because we we work on a remote and a hybrid basis, but I know that everybody in the business sets the tone about that patient care and and you know it's uh, it it it's quite refreshing actually. Uh, to work in a company like that and the challenge for myself and everybody in the business is how do we maintain that as we continue to scale uh, and I don't have the answer to that just we yet, could talk but, about that um, for quite a long time <laughs> I imagine neither of us yes. being able to get to any sensible conclusion uh, I think we're both trying in our in our own ways although harder for you guys with your numbers before I let you go I want to, I want to talk to you about obviously the the iteration of flow and, and what you guys are up to now mm. and what you've got planned for the business model because yeah you mentioned growth you mentioned 
playing in different spaces and things like that. So what's what's up for you guys? Where where we've gone with flow is, I mean, I think you know the pandemic changed everything. I mean, it's changed in, it's, it's changed life in, in immeasurable ways, and I still think, as a country and as a society, we're still processing that change. Gosh, I don't yeah. think that's been that's quite hit home yet, right? Um, positives and negatives, right? But the but I like I try to like to focus on the positives. Positives are that you know people are looking at different ways of doing things and maybe embracing technology in a way that they didn't do um, in 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 the past, and that's been a major inflection point um, for 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 flow. And I think. If we were ever to write a case study on the, on the journey of flow from beginning to end, there'll be a significant chapter on March 2020, um, and and that really was the genesis for, for for the explosion of flow. But but really, where we where we are now is we started off as 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 uh, flow digital pharmacy, and we and that's our our direct to consumer business where we where we manage NHS prescriptions for patients you know across England, and we built our own flow a pharmacy operating system to to run that because there was nothing that was available off the shelf to do what we wanted to do we created our own front-end applications whether that's a progressive web app for our android or our ios app and everything else around that um, and then also our own delivery function so that in a, in a technical term we call that a full stack company you know, we have all three boxes um, and no one really does that but you know that's how you can, we want to control everything because it goes back to that patient care, patient experience. If you don't control everything from end to end, you're opening yourself up to challenges. And we see that in our mail order business occasionally where you, where you have challenges around that because we don't control what, what, what they do. So going back to where we're looking at things, going, okay, so we've built this thing. We built it in a way that is programmatic, that can be built in boxes. You can take one box out, put another box in and, and everything else is API driven. So I thought, we thought, right, maybe other health, care companies might want this platform and they might want to offer a seamless digital pharmacy experience to their own patient base because there was nothing like that in the UK at the time. So when we were looking at it, we were like, okay, you and I right now, we're, we're, we're speaking on a, on, a, on a virtual platform. You might say, right, Adam, I'm going to prescribe you uh, a, 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 an inhaler um, and I've gone private and I've decided that I don't want to go through the NHS for whatever reason. And you then say to me, right, Adam, which pharmacy do you want to go pick that up at? I'm like, okay, right. Uh, I'll go to this on Clapham High Street. And you'll go, okay, I need to either fax that, I need to email it. They may have stock. They might not have stock. They might have your brand. They might not have your brand. If it's not in the right brand, you're going to have to do a new prescription. I uh, don't know the cost and all those other. And you can see how it breaks down. So you have this beautiful digital experience. I can download an app. I can do general telemedicine. I have this great digital experience. I'm probably tech enabled in the first place. That's why I've gone to do telemedicine. The whole thing breaks down at pharmacy. And I see that all the time in healthcare. You see all these health tech ecosystem maps. And it's about pharma and telemedicine and diagnostic, all really important stuff. You never see pharmacy in that. So if I'm a patient, right, there's two things I want. I want a diagnosis. And as soon as I've had a diagnosis, I want treatment. And if that treatment is medication, if it breaks down at that point, well, I'm dissatisfied. So we looked at this and we thought, well, actually, we've got this massive telemedicine market, very still very nascent, beautiful digital experience, but actually breaks down at the second most important thing, which is delivery of medication and accessing healthcare. So really, it kind of started where um, I, uh, I, I I sent a message to 
uh, an individual at Babylon who I'd actually known through this Saltire organization uh, back, back in Scotland, who was now a graduate at Babylon. And I said, look, we've got this idea we're working with. We think we can help you with your, your pharmacy side. Love to have a chat. And, you know, fair play to the chat, Luke. <laughs> Luke then went and went to speak to the director of, of pharmacy at, at, at Babylon, uh, a lady called Nabila Chaudhry, who I have to say was a massive influence um, in in the growth of flow and her um, her belief in, in us and, and giving us the opportunity to work with a unicorn telemedicine partner was is something I'll never forget. And neither Nadim and I, and I'll be honest, if it wasn't for Nabila, I think we would have had a, it would have been a longer journey to get to uh, with, with Flow Connect. But the long story short of it is we went, we went down to meet to meet uh, Nabila and her team at uh, Babylon in their, in their uh, very nice offices in Knightsbridge. Um, oh, yes. Pitched an idea about having seamless integration with their systems and having this idea that you can have this pharmacy experience and then we can build a, almost a one-page checkout within your own app and, and you could you know pick your delivery slot, get it done and everything else. And it's all digital, no paper prescriptions, that whole shoot and match. We hadn't built any of it, um, <laughs> but we thought, yeah, that in theory we could and, and you know, let's let's see if it if it garners any any muster and have we identified again going back to that idea of have you actually identified a problem and does your solution solve it we thought we better pitch it first before we start building anything babylon then turned around rather unexpectedly and said yeah really good idea no one's ever done this before yeah we'd love it can we get it asap please and we're like oh right (laughs) this is changing things a little bit so credit to the team we were still a very small team at that point i think we were 10 or 12 people i think at that time we stopped everything and we just did a big six-week sprint building uh, a version one of, of our integration with, with Babylon. It was scrappy, don't get me wrong. We've improved it significantly since then. But that was really the first starting point of actually, you know what, building something that can create seamless experiences for other companies because ultimately for, for, for Babylon and for other partners who work with us at Flow Connect, one of their biggest issues has been getting medication to the patient in a timely manner, reliable manner with stock and not gouging the price out of it. And we've been able to help them retain their patients because the pharmacy experience is good. And that allows them to come back to the app for their next uh, potential issue that, 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 they may, that, that, that they may have that may then require uh, Flow to do it. So really, we've now kind of flipped to this, I'd almost say a pharmacy infrastructure platform mm. where we have our own pharmacy operating system. We have our own uh, patient care and pharmacy team. So we have physical infrastructure. Um, and then we have our logistics provision. And that is the platform that everything else runs from. So Flow Digital Pharmacy runs off that platform. Flow Connect, which then works with the likes of Babylon, or you know, we work with a medicinal cannabis uh, company called Lever, mm. or we work with Dermatology, or more traditional Harley Street practices, they also run off that platform. So we've built an asset and we're now maximizing and sweating that asset both in our direct-to-consumer business but also our, our B2B2C business. Um, and what we've now seen is a, a fundamental growth in that because one of the, unfortunately, one of the negative impacts of, of COVID, and there are many, but one of them is that um, getting health getting treatment on the NHS is a challenge at the moment and you can be waiting a very, very long time and the NHS has to make, well, the NHS has always made decisions about what it's going to focus on because it can't focus on every single condition in the world. It has to focus on what it considers the biggest priorities to the, the health of the nation, so to speak. And they're having to do that even more now. They're having to even be more brutal about what they focus on. So if you have 
a skin rash on your face, that's probably not going to be seen by the NHS as a, as a, as a critical issue. But for you as an individual, you might, well, I can't go out in public with this big rash on my face. So what do you do? Well, you've got to go private at that point. And that's unfortunate because not everyone can do that. But if you can, you then use companies like the Dermatology Partnership, who we work with, or SkinDoc, who we work with, and you can get that digital experience. So the next generation of telemedicine is now uh, entrepreneurs who are looking to deal with niche healthcare issues. So chronic pain, men's health, female health chronic pit, whatever it may be, and then using these general telemedicines like your, your Babylons and your health heroes, et cetera, who we work with. But they're now where they're going. But these, these niche providers are looking for that full stack experience at seamless digital end to end. And that's where we see Flow operating as. So we've now probably started off as a direct, an online pharmacy, direct consumer business with a USP of same day delivery. But now we're very much an infrastructure platform business that connects, that joins the dots between uh, pharmacy, prescribers, and patients and connecting that all the way through. Because if any part of that journey breaks down, the whole experience breaks down. So that, that's where Flow Connect is now. And, and, you know, again, it's just a little bit by accident. Uh, and again, going back to hard work, hard work from the team. We've got a great team who are really innovative in the way they approach things. We we recently rolled out a, a, a digital prescribing, our, our own version of the electronic prescription service to go back to that. Um, and these are the things that are continually innovating to go, okay, what is the pain point we're solving by doing the electronic prescription service for our, for our own patients? Well, they don't need to sign, because you still have to do a wet signature and send it within 72 hours if you don't have a fully authorized electronic prescription going between uh, clinician to, to, to pharmacy. So you're taking away all that admin and all that cost. So that's a pain point you're solving. Also makes the patient's experience at the end of the day better. They don't need to know that's going on in the background, but ultimately it makes their, their journey uh, a lot easier without, without them knowing it. So yeah, Flow Connect, really exciting. Um, I think it merges the two things we're really good at, which is understanding problems and, and, and the patient care side of it but also then that unique delivery point. Because, you know, if you're working with a Babylon, for example, mail order doesn't always quite work because a lot of those patients are acute patients who need one-off prescriptions and they need they don't want it in two days' time. They want it in two hours' time. And that's what we do for them in London and Birmingham. And our aim is to roll out across other major cities, at least in England, over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. It's, it's a very, very interesting product. It's it's just off. It's the it's the whole pharmacy bit off the shelf, isn't it? In terms of adding it into a stack, it's just that it's you've got a clinic, you've got a telemedicine company, you've got whatever it is. Oh, I I, I want the ability now to move this from someone that can prescribe. But that's where our journey ends. I just want to get the pharmacy bit done. You then just bring this in that adds on and that tacks on and that's that. It's just off the shelf, no code, bang, straight in, easy. Plug, plug and play. Plug, plug and, play. and play. There we go. Which is interesting to me because I think that's almost like a marker in the sand akin to... So what comes to my mind straight away, you might disagree with this, what comes to my mind is there was a point at which to build a website, you had to know how to code. There was then a point where when you had to build a website, you didn't know, you didn't have to learn how to code because you had a no code solution that you could just go, oh, well, this is drag and drop. I can now just build that. It's almost like that. And there's holes in that metaphor, but it's a marker in the sand of like, 
okay, all of that is now done and you can just come in here and just get it. And so for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that, that might have that clinic or they might have that telemedicine service or they might have whatever it is, they don't they they then don't mm -hmm. need to go, oh, well, how are we going to figure out how to do this next bit? Are we going to have to go with this thing? Are we going to mm -hmm. have to go with that thing and they're imperfect or whatever? It's just that, oh, we can just get this, you know, decentralized personalized pharmacy bit done and that's blah blah, blah. like it, it feels like that it feels like almost like a like a line in the sand like a it just enables innovation right and i think that's that's the bit that i like about it which is that you take the you take the pressure off each individual entrepreneur needing to figure out a way of doing this and it actually just gives them that high quality and what you talked about before like if they want to work with a company that has those values if they want to have the company that works with the way that you guys do it the things that you stand for it's it's very amenable to those to, to those people, I think. And it's interesting to me for that enabling innovation bit. I, I like that. It just takes the energy away from people that need that should be thinking about that and they put it onto the, the new stuff. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that it, we see ourselves very much as an ecosystem player. So, hmm. you know, we work with some very, uh, some might call them old school Harley Street medical practices mm -hmm. who aren't tech enabled, but they want this type of service. Mm. We also work with your unicorn telemedicine, your health heroes, mm -hmm. your Babylons, who are, you know, tech all the way through, who want that kind of all singing, all dancing API integrated. Mm -hmm. We can go as scrappy or as integrated as you want, but it's about providing the right product or the right infrastructure for that particular uh, cohort. So, you know, doing medicinal cannabis is very different from general telemedicine completely different um process but the challenges are the same access to medication is it reliable are you doing it safe are you compliant and is there a good experience for the patients and the clinicians the fundamentals are actually the same the detail is slightly different but the fundamentals that, that ensure whether you're a success or not are the same um and that's where we want to get to with our ecosystem and we're not quite there yet but i think the aim for flow connect is that you can just go you know what I want this, I want that. And you've got a little menu and you can just choose exactly what you want and, and, and plug it into your system and go. Um, and that's what the team are working for. And I think it's a really exciting time. Love it, man. Before I let you go, what's your biggest challenge right now? Biggest challenge for me personally, I think for, for, for Flow is uh, challenges are always around. I think there's, well, I'd say there's two challenges. One is regulation. <laughs> the, regulatory, the regulatory framework hasn't really caught up with where yeah, we are now as, yeah. a, as a as a as a digital as a digital technology that are, are, are available so we have requirements to do certain things that you don't have as a brick and mortar pharmacy so you know we have to as a requirement for our direct consumer we have to identify the patient somehow and that's a that's a key thing we have to identify the patient and be confident that that is the patient that we're mm -hmm. doing however I went to the pharmacy a couple of weeks ago for my mum and just said, I'm here to pick up the prescription for Susan Hunter. And they just gave me the prescription and I walked off. They didn't know who I was. Mm. I didn't even sign that just with a little, little scribble on the thing. I didn't even do my proper name. They never asked me for anything. So you have one rule for distance selling pharmacies and the next rule for, 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 for bricks and mortars, but distance selling pharmacies are apparently more high risk in that respect. So I think for me, that's a big challenge is how do regulation catch up with, with, mm. uh, with, with the, um, with uh, with with technology and the and, and the advances of, of 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 technology, so I think for me that that I think is the biggest challenge for for Flow is managing that and and making sure that we're always compliant and ensuring that by doing so that we're setting the the bar for what is a good online pharmacy because unfortunately there are a lot of cowboys out there.
and, and it's up to companies like Flow to to redefine what a good online pharmacy looks like. And we want to be the the poster child or poster boy, whatever you want to call it, for that uh, for, for the industry. Back to values, mate. And I think that's a, a wonderful full circle place to get to. Adam, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been good catching up. For those people that want to learn more about Flow or that want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do so? We have two main points of call for our website. We have uh, www.weareflow.com, phlo.com, and that's uh, our NHS business. So if you have any pharmacy needs, then then that's your port of call. If you work in the industry and you're looking to uh, looking to, to talk to, to us about working together, uh, you can find out more at uh, flowconnect.com, phloconnect.com. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. And you can, you can contact me uh, that, that way as well. So um, yeah, always open for a chat. And even if you're not particularly interested in, in using Flow, it's always good to learn from other people and their, and their challenges because we can all learn from each other. Lovely. Adam, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Super. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review and you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.